I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Journeying now for 30 years into the life and practice of yoga, I have met many who have taken interesting turns when past extraordinary bumps and reached unexpected places. People with whom I shared conversations about everyday struggles, intimate realizations, larger questions, ideas and dreams. So today, I'm passing on the mic to one of them so we could hear and celebrate the wisdom in people's differences and experiences. Welcome back to Auto Travel in a Journey. On the show today, I have Astrid Wald, student of mine um, in yoga and Ayurveda, but based in Cork, and of course, she has her own profession. She is a visual artist evolving into her own work or between constellations, paintings, and various other, various other things. Um, hi, Astrid. How are you? Hello. Hi, Alex. <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> uh, you know, Astrid, when I think of you and we can't be in the same room right now, I always think of a good cup of Irish I instantly smell it when I see you. I want to sit down and have tea with you. Ah. <laughs> there is nothing like a good cup of Irish tea. <laughs> there is nothing like it. <laughs> and if you haven't had one, you, you can only have it in Ireland because that's the best <laughs> place to have it. Absolutely. Ah. So we thought we'd come together today because um, Astrid did a Pancha Karma um, 12 years ago to save her eyes. That was a little bit like the last straw, it seemed to me at the time. Um, and it's 12 years on and you've been living with Ayurveda in other forms and ways. And so we thought we'd give you, dear listener, um, an insight of what that is like between the big intervention that is a pancha karma, which means the five crowns or the five jewels of Ayurveda, which is like a retreat where you get treated for a good amount of time through various intense or less intense practices. So I hand over the mic to you, Astrid, because you can tell us a little bit more what got you to do the Panchakarma in the first place, maybe be a bit more specific than I have been. Yeah, well, I suppose it began, the journey began in 2003 when I was treated for Lyme's disease. Um, don't know exactly how I got it, but presumably a tick bite. Um, and I was treated pretty much conventionally with um, a quite intensive course of antibiotics for that. Um, at the time, I also looked into some alternative um, kind of treatments, but I pretty much forgot, forgot about it then after a while, uh, even though it, it clearly was still impacting my health. I think it, um, it really aggravated certain patterns that were possibly already there beforehand. So then in 2007, I began, to, I noticed um, a flashing in my vision and I was very aware of things that can happen with your eyes because I've had um, kind of quite 
myopic eyes for <laughs> my whole mm -hmm. uh, since I was a young teenager. Uh, so I was very aware. I, I, I pretty much knew what it was. Um, and I went to the eye clinic, uh, but they misdiagnosed it twice uh, and sent me home uh, saying that it was a, a different thing, which was nothing to worry about. But I was worried about it because it wasn't improving. And I had this intermittent flashing in my left eye. Um, so then I went privately uh, and I got a, a fancy scan. Uh, and this doctor diagnosed me immediately with a detached retina. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> he then proceeded to uh, scare me half to death because I'd been living with this for about eight months. Mm -hmm. uh, and he basically said, you have to have surgery immediately. Uh, and he also started listing off a whole list of things that I would never be able to do again including yoga <laughs> and horse riding yeah. and yeah. other things like he he just overwhelmed me with with fear which was already obviously there also um mm -hmm. and so I I just said I couldn't make that decision and he gave me a week um and during that time I just I went really really deep into that dark 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 place <laughs> until I I just realized I couldn't just rush into this, not after eight, eight months. Um, and I wanted to see what I could do for myself um, to, to figure out what was going on to heal, heal myself. Um, yeah. So then I began, well, my first thing was to find a consultant who would monitor my mm -hmm. detachment because there can be usually a retinal detachment is an emergency it progresses very quickly and it can lead to blindness mm -hmm. so it was a very quite an unusual typical for me but quite an unusual um, presentation yeah yeah and approach yeah. also yeah, yeah 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 so I found a consultant who agreed to watch and wait which was such a relief um and then I went on a journey to, to, to find and, and Ayurveda, which had already been in my consciousness from kind of early days when I found a Deepak Chopra book in my parents, my parents had a few Deepak Chopra books. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. You know, <laughs> diagnosed each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been, you know, diagnosing each other with our, you know, different doshas. <laughs> Wrongly, I might add. But anyway, it was a concept and I, and I you know, I, I researched it and it was one of the only kind of healing modalities that looked at the senses specifically, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I was I knew I was on the right track. Um, mm -hmm. And well, you put me on to Dr. Ashwin Shastri in Hariharapura. Uh, mm -hmm. my twin sister was getting married in India in 2009 and you've interviewed her <laughs> about that yeah um, and we we met on that occasion and you told me about this clinic uh, so mm. at the end of that trip um, I spent a month in Hariharapura which is in Karnataka um, yeah. and yeah it was can I stop you here for a moment? Yes, that is please. already, you know, that there's so many questions coming through uh, already. Um, 
I, you know, I have the deepest respect for you for saying that you made this, you know, decision of wanting to give yourself time. It could have gone, you know, it could have gone backwards or whatever you call it. It could have just kind of turned out in a bad way. And my immediate question was, what was the, you know, what was the tipping point for you to say, I you know, I'm not going to go with this conventional approach. And why did you fear this conventional approach? That's a good question. Well, the tipping point was that dark night of the soul when I mm. really just, I just went inwards and I just, I just waited <laughs> to, to hear an answer. I also got support in that. I, I contacted a a man who um, deals with kind of natural vision improvement and I he's retired but I somehow managed to get him to talk to me on the phone and he mm. you know he talked about trust and self-trust and you know finding my my own answer um, and I and I just and I knew I mean I've been going around with this for eight months you know I mm. knew its patterns I knew it was stable you know, but I had to find it and I had to find that, okay, if I make this decision and it goes wrong, it's my decision, you know? So it was yeah. really that moment of, okay, you know, for better or worse, I, mm -hmm. but this is what I feel. This is what I feel, you know? Mm -hmm. And I went traveling. I mean, we went before the wedding. I went, you know, we went traveling yeah. for a few months and I was away from the security of that. So, you know, I was sure within myself that it was stable at that point. Um, but it was that kind of just tuning out everything, everybody else, tuning out the expert. You know, I hadn't found the other guy yet. The experts, mm -hmm. it was like, okay, I just, I just, that inner knowing, you know, that people talk about, I just had to find it. Um, and mm. the frightening thing about what I was frightened of, because obviously there was some fear involved too. The, the fear of the surgery was worse than the fear <laughs> of what would hap happen in some ways, because it's quite an invasive uh, surgery. They basically pop your eyeball out of your socket and they insert oh. gas into it. Yeah. Yeah. And the gas presses the retina back in place. And then they put... Um, a, a silicone ring around the eye and stitch it all together and mm -hmm. you have to depending on where the retina has detached you have to stay in the same position for about 10 days so that the gas bubble can hold the retina in place and it can heal so you know it was a major kind of yeah plus surgery also brings you know further on down the line brings um like risks glaucoma, mm -hmm. uh, cataracts, mm -hmm. any disturbance within the eye can increase your risk later on. So <laughs> I didn't want to go down that road if I didn't have to. Yeah. yeah. And disturb increasingly your fire, your internal fire as well from an Ayurvedic perspective. So um, because the, the body hasn't done the healing itself, it might kind of detach from the process of of that so mm -hmm. then fast forward you're now hearing about it you're traveling you decided mm -hmm. to do it and by some strange coincidence I mean it wasn't strange that we were in the same country we do we were both in the same country um but 
then to, to see you once more after the wedding just for a cup of tea in a you know in a random place that was in yeah yeah where was it again it was, it was in Kerala you were Kerala. about to start training and we were on honeymoon <laughs> we yes, were on group exactly. honeymoon. <laughs> my yeah your family honeymoon and then yeah mm-hmm. and, um exactly and then we kind of talked about Dr. Ashwin mm-hmm. and yeah and you went to to yeah. see what someone can really do in a more focused um way instead of just having day-to-day Ayurveda consultations but Mm -hmm. to really approach a doctor from this speciality and can you tell a bit more about Ariharipura? Yeah Um, well it's a tiny village Um, it was a beautiful place to be Uh, I I was reading my diary which kind of made me want to share share about it Um, and uh, just you know the talking about the senses the the sensual experience of being there is very very powerful um there was a, a gurukula like a, a traditional school and you could hear them doing their lessons uh kind of or and they, they used to wash in, the, in this big river kind of at dawn every morning and it was very very steeped in ritual um there was a, a, a guru who who lived there that people would come visit there were you know it was a very close knit kind of community and Dr. Ashwin um, had a clinic uh, there for the local people and he specialized in eye disease. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he had only just begun this clinic, you know, where where Westerners (laughs) would come, I think. I mean, it was only the beginning of that. I was the only one there doing Panchakarma at the time. Uh, there were two uh, American students who came and then there was a girl from Hungary who came for a while also to study. But the whole time I was there, I was like, they were <laughs> just looking after me, <laughs> which was pretty <laughs> special. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it's special to them as well. I mean, um, in India, it's still, I mean, you can show up as a white Westerner and uh, depending on how tall you are, what color of hair you have they just kind of are in awe and particularly in these kind of small little villages where it, it almost seems to them like you're really these people do exist in flesh and so did you did you notice that as much in your treatment as in coming around to the village every now and then not really in the treatment but yeah when I came out like eventually and and started going for walks around the place yeah it was I mean I'd have crowds of children following me and you know asking trying to you know wanting to know more about me and yeah I definitely felt like you know a an alien landed from a different Mm. planet you know Mm. uh so but in the in the clinic I didn't feel that at all it was very it was, yeah, yeah, I didn't feel that. It was very um, kind of, you know, mutual. And I mean, he was, I think he's probably even a couple of years younger than me, Dr. Ashwin. I was 32 at the time. I think he was 30. I was really surprised to see this young man. Uh, he mm-hmm. had just got married and, um, you know, but but like he, we had a, we had a good rapport and he had, his parents looked after me in terms of food. His brother did all the cooking and, 
his uh, his father would kind of chat with me and serve food and um and later on his his new wife came and she was great she's now part of the team there and he had a few mm-hmm. other other helpers uh so it, i mean it was yeah it was like i mean i was there for a month and we yeah yeah it was a, it was a very okay. safe feeling place you know it was yeah Why did you choose um, to be there for a month? And can you give us a bit more insight in the treatment? Yes. Well, it was supposed to be three weeks, um, but I arrived there with stomach upset, totally terrible uh, deli belly, as they call it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it took me a while to stabilize. Um, Mm -hmm. I had to, you know, he gave me herbs and I had to wait till that was completely out of my system. And then I had a little sore throat, which is obviously part of that. And, you know, we had to wait. And so it was it was a a real um, test in patience because Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be flying home with my sister and other people. And I only had the three weeks and I knew I I, basically that I'd have to fly home on my own, you know, the longer it took. Uh, And um, and it, it did. It took longer. And I just had to deal with it. You know, I was like, and I got into the flow of the other time dimension <laughs> that I was in. So mm-hmm. I just, I just had to let go of expectation. You know, it's like, oh, you said three weeks. And now you're saying, you know, four yeah. weeks or five weeks. It was mm-hmm. hard for, for, for me. And also, you know, I had so many questions and I always wanted to know, and what about this? And what about that? And what about my dosha? And he, you know, he just... That I'll, you know, it will all become clear. It will all emerge in time, uh, mm-hmm. and and it did. So the three weeks. So basically, um, I took medicated ghee, um, and until my system was saturated with that. So depending on your digestive system, it takes a certain amount of time. Um, so it took it took a few days. Uh, he would come kind of in the very early morning and um, I'd go out onto, I had a little veranda and he had a, a silver coin and we faced east and he would put the silver coin on my head and then mm-hmm. say some prayers, mantras. Mm-hmm. And then I would take the ghee and like, I was just so grateful for that. You know, that care, it was like, he cares about <laughs> all of me you know he's not just going straight for the eye he's like he wants my whole being to be part of this process you know yeah and it was just so different from the experience I'd had before so I was just really really grateful for that um so yeah so then I I took the ghee and I could tell in my digestive system I don't remember all the details it you know became saturated I remember at one point it felt like all my cells were tingling, everything in my body was tingling. Uh, and Dr. Ashwin said it was like the, it was my, the ghee kind of saturation and the, the, the kind of the, the struggle of my cells with the to- releasing the toxins. <laughs> so uh-huh. I, you know, it was a, a really interesting mm-hmm. way of thinking about it. Um, and then when my body had absorbed all it could absorb, um, I, I, I can't quite remember the, but I, I think then I, I had steam, I got steamed <laughs> and um, it was, it was literally a pressure cooker attached to a kind of a, a little, a box and I sat yeah. in it with my neck sticking out. Uh, so I think we did that for a couple of days and then it all had to came, come out 
again. Uh, so he gave me uh, herbs and I spent a day recording my bowel movements, <laughs> which were plenty fun. Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, that was intense, like very, very yeah. intense. Uh, what part was intense? What part the was letting intense? it all go was intense. The let it all coming out was intense. It was the yeah. fear that it brought up the you know, oh my God, like feeling lightheaded and going, oh my God, is this part of the process? Am I going to die? <laughs> you know, it yeah. was like, and just everything just coming out of your body was yeah. just, yeah, it was, it was quite, quite a lot. Um, and I felt at that point I could have done with a bit of reassurance, <laughs> but I, you know, I had to go through it. I had to just, I had to, I had to let it happen, you know? Um, it's this so, part of surrender where we stop making logical connections to healing and what's happening and because you are as you say you know you wanted to know everything you said earlier and where we have to surrender to the law of nature that we not often do unless you know whatever there is a thunderstorm and we can't stop it we have so many ways to protect us from nature that we don't realize how little we trust the process that's going on out there <laughs> absolutely and I, I, mean, I yeah. wanted to stop it I wouldn't you know I couldn't there was you had to go yeah. through it it's like you know childbirth or whatever you yeah. there was only one way <laughs> that was yeah. through yeah. yeah wow and um what else did you encounter did you get other treatments because I yes. remember you coming back and saying you got very little treatment there was also a lot of kind of talking going on between the two of you like did I say that yeah that's interesting I don't yeah I don't remember I mean we did we did the, uh, uh, another range of treatments then once I had done that um the massage and <laughs> all that stuff so I, I had mm -hmm. Abhyanga massages uh mm -hmm. Shirodara which is mm -hmm. you could explain yes. Can you it Yeah. oil is is dripped over your 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 temples which is just amazing and then yeah. the um tarpanam i think it's called where they they built a um a kind of a, a well around my my eyes and filled it with medicated ghee uh which, which is clarified butter for those who haven't heard <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> And then um, after that, uh, after the tarpanum, um, I would I would lie down for at least an hour, I think, with my eyes covered to rest yeah. the eyes. So that went on for maybe a couple of weeks, those those treatments uh, or mm -hmm. a week and a half that I'd have maybe two treatments a day. I, I, I can't exactly remember the schedule. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of time. I had a lot of time just by myself. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, and he would come and 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 talk, and he he would he gave me me books to read uh, about Ayurveda, and he yeah a little book with prayers, um, mm -hmm. and that was all yeah fascinating. I mean I can't even yeah. I, I even remember, but one thing he said, uh, which I thought was which I just came across again, um, that that every illness brings death with it to a certain degree. You know, and like that's really how I felt about the retinal detachment. And you know, it was it was just showing me <laughs> that death, you know, the reality of death 
blindness, you know, terror of blindness as a visual mm-hmm. artist. You know, I'm mm-hmm. overly yeah. reliant on my eyes and, you know, visual pleasure uh, and just and blindness, you know, kind of equals de- equals death for me. Um, yeah. So, it was, you know, it was really kind of coming to grips with, you know, the reality of death and and also seeing that, you know, I mean, our death culture. Death of an I- identity, yeah. The death yeah, of an yeah. identity, right? Exactly, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, the death of, yeah, yeah. And and just finding then what was left <laughs> after all of that. Um, but just, just like even also seeing from, from the chats with him that, you know, that I came from a culture that where death is, you know, the absolute worst case outcome as in it's the worst case scenario whereas you know from his cultural perspective eternal rebirth is the worst case scenario as in you know just Mm -hmm. to see that you know there are different ways of looking at it and you know you know death the way we see it isn't necessarily the only way to see it and you can you can see it in our culture at the moment you know the fear the absolute terror the mm. death, you know, counting the numbers. Mm. And I think, and it's totally understandable because that's how we see it in our culture. It's the end, you know, it's loss, it's yeah. darkness. It's yeah. So yeah, it was having to go into that and explore it and having yeah. some support exploring that was mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah. You know? So it's so much more of, than just treatment <laughs> is what I'm trying yeah. to say. And, mm. and that I think is just the, uh, why Ayurveda is so difficult in modern times where we live very, where we are very fast paced and where we have to almost learn patience. If I think about artists, I always think they are a little bit more patient than I would be because you do have to go into this melting process of you know making space to to see what you do you you know it's never straightforward i designed this or there's very few people who do that you know or write a symphony or it has to just there has to be room to hear what wants to come through or how you are inspired and um but still as you say even if you have that kind of patience already it can be something else if you want to attach yourself to a fast and positive outcome and in one way you threw that out of the window by saying like I'm not getting an operation so I might as well (laughs) and in other ways there was the hope that now you had found the um, the holy grail so everybody's probably already wondering so did it help you know was that a helpful treatment Exactly. It's you, you've touched on so many of the things The you know, the attachment to the outcome, the like just the, the extremes of I mean, what, what you were saying there about art. I mean, I think most artists, you know, they have the vision. They want this, you know, they want to produce this and it never mm-hmm. becomes what you want it to become. So it's a constant letting go of your expectations. And yeah. I had to let go of so many expectations. It wasn't a silver bullet. It didn't suddenly my, you know, retina healed. Um, I remember there was a day, uh, there were several times during my stay there where I suddenly had 
super clear vision without my glasses on for brief moments. Yes. They were brief moments, but I still, you know, experienced it. And uh, over, you know, over time, like Panchakarma takes also takes time to, to work, you know, it takes, it's it's the time after. I mean, it, it immediately then when I was there, I, I mean, I lost weight. I lost all the weight that I put on while traveling through America and Canada and eating incredibly denatured food um, and and all of those impressions like I felt lighter I felt able more able to cope uh, and that was just within that time uh, I felt excited about the future um, and uh, it gave me a sense of of okay yeah I've you know I've cleared the deck and I can move on from here um, I did end up having surgery uh, in 2010, uh, but by that stage, I that was a I year later, right? That was yeah. it was. I mean, a year later, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was only a year later, actually. But um, by that stage, I wasn't frightened <laughs> when mm. I had the surgery. It's almost a, a, a pleasure, pleasant, like it's a. It's not a bad memory, you know. Um, I, I, yeah, I had the surgery. I, even though I, I moved city, I ended up with the same consultant who scared the living daylights out of me. Uh, yeah. And he was like, "Oh, hello." Uh, three years later, <laughs> um, and which I just think is very is very good. Like that, I, I had to face him, uh, yeah. and he did he did a great job. And um, I, but I, yeah, I didn't, I think if I'd had to, if I'd have been forced into surgery at the ta- that time, it would have been traumatic, actually. Whereas when I had it, I was just at peace with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I stayed with my mom and had, she, you know, lay on the sofa in the same position <laughs> for 10 days. And people brought me lovely you know, I asked for green things to eat if anybody asked if I needed anything. And um, loads mm. of people gave me audio books. And um, yeah, and every time I get an eye check, you know, they're always very surprised that my vision is so good that I haven't had any, that there's no deterioration. There was no deterioration in my vision. I mm. still have a little shadow and a little flash every now and again. <laughs> To remind me but it's like an old friend now it doesn't uh, terrify me every time it happens and you know there's been ups and downs I mean I did have to have another surgery because of the first surgery like just a mechanical thing not uh you know what can you do uh but yeah. um but yeah it yeah but what I, I love think... about you sorry no go yeah, on what what I love about your story is that it doesn't devalue um, either techniques, you know, like Ayurveda helped you along on a different level than you thought. And it might've kind of helped you to come out without trauma, which might've caused other damages in your system. And so it was a hand in hand experience as I hear it, you know, some people might hope that, okay, then that's not my thing. No, if it can't do the one thing that other systems can't do then I don't want to do it but again it shows to me that 
Ayurveda always is about everything. You know, I, I'm sure at this point there is an Ayurvedic operation system. I, I think I heard even about it, you know, that there is operations within Ayurveda and just this particular doctor wasn't catering to that. So um, did he, was he ever positive about you healing or was it for him also the aspect of what needed to heal in you to move on? You mean Ashwin? Yeah. Oh yeah, he was like, stop focusing on the outcome. <laughs> you know, he was like, you're trying to, you know, you're like, it's not about the, the outcome. And yeah. it's about, he, would, he talked to me about attachment and, you know, suffering coming from attachment, uh, which is funny that I had a retinal detachment. But like he uh, it is I mean, you can look at all of this very metaphorically. Um, mm. He did. Yeah, he talked a lot about attachment and, um, uh, you know, I, he, he talked me through a lot of, you know, I was always grasping. My mind was always grasping for certainties when I was there. And in fact, I think, you know, if it had been the silver bullet and I had magically healed my eye, I don't think it probably would have been the thing that I needed to learn. You know, I think yeah. I needed to learn the subtlety, you know, the gray areas, mm. the, um, you know, that you can have, you, you can want something, but you can let it go of the necessity to get it at the same time, you know, it's holding the two things at the same time, which is so difficult. And I'm obviously still working on, um, but um, so yeah, and that, you know, that yeah. traditional medicine and Ayurveda, they're, you know, we need them both. We do, we, you know, it's yeah. kind of, um, yeah. And I just hope it would be great if, you know, if we could, get more easy about going between exactly. <laughs> between the things you know yeah because what mm. people don't know and i hope i'm okay in revealing this you, you were very um very much pro 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 meditation and all this i remember there was this moment when you got sick and you kind of moved away from the big city dublin uh, to the countryside in order to slow down and look at your life and find rhythms of meditation and yoga and herbs and you got interested in herbs and you were very kind of keen on believing in the natural way of healing and for you to then come around years later to to say like I'm having an operation that was such a big mind shift in the first place that's what I recognize mm -hmm. and yeah so and so you are almost like becoming an advocate as I, like me, you know, and anybody I know who's been longer in these healing worlds to um, bring both together and to, to fuel um, a system of these different techniques. Yeah. And to be inspired by each other and not repulsed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And to know <clears throat> when, which is appropriate, you know. Mm. Um, so, and I yeah. think you know that brings us to what we started with when you were we were talking about I don't know was it recording but you know the big interventions which this kind of was um, versus or along with then you know I came home he didn't really tell me how to go how to what to do when I got home you know I was expecting a, 
a big reveal at the end and he basically told me you know no spicy food no fry food reduce sugar and be a good person <laughs> you know I was like what <laughs> is that it uh, and not to worry too much but um you know be a good person though I mean you know like that's that was good advice <laughs> and um you know but then it took another you know year few years until then you know I enrolled with you I mean having known you but mm. on the creating space program where it's all about you know living day to day and how do you you know in your because it's the small days that make up your life and how do yeah. you make them so that they're supporting your life and that they're, they're supporting the life of your community and the life mm-hmm. of the planet <laughs> only yeah. you know um so that's a whole different way thing and I think that's what we're coming in hopefully into a phase now where it's yeah. all about you know how do we live our lives day to day because I think all so many of us are just trying to get from one end of the day to the next one end of the year to the you know and just yeah. get through it and we have to get past just getting through it because so much gets damaged <laughs> if we're not gonna live that yeah <laughs> you know yeah um so so yeah so learning to you know like I just remember the the the, the pared down existence I had in Harry Harapura where you know I'd wake up naturally uh and you know I did whatever have my gear whatever it was that was going on and you know the day that like it, I was just so in tune with like when 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 the lights went out, that was it. Often there was a power cut, you know, you dead because it was dark, you know. And I had my little my little rituals where I'd escort all the little ants out of my bedroom before I went to sleep. <laughs> that was my little thing. <laughs> and then in the morning it. they were all back again, <laughs> you know. And I just thought that was so. It's like you work so hard to yeah. clear your mind of all the like worries and the thoughts and you know and then the next day they're back again and then you just have to start again <laughs> you know so fantastic comparison uh, <laughs> yeah um so and it's very hard like without support to 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 make lasting changes even in small things and I think we're probably mm. running over time are we <laughs> I was no. just looking at the time. Uh, yeah. We got into quite a conversation. And as you said, you wanted to finalize and say, so what uh, What do you feel you want to bring together in this kind of big intervention, small gradual changes? What? How important is one and how important is the other? Or what is it that kind of caught you in what you experienced initially? Like it, when you go into Pancha karma you are being treated and uh one friend of mine said it's like oh when I get home it's like who's going to cook for me who's going to feed me who's going to massage me who's going to dress me you know that kind of sensation of you can totally let go because everything almost is taken care of take care of all you need yeah Mm -hmm. and then you're not and then when you go into these small principles of Ayurveda of the daily routines nothing is taken care of. I mean, you really have to work these 
things. So mm -hmm. maybe you can say something towards that once more. Well, I think it, it talks about the you know, holding two things at the same time, you know, that you can only have the energy do these things for yourself you know it's all self-responsibility in these making the choices that you're making every day but you can only do that if you feel supported in some way you know mm -hmm. and I, like I think um I think getting support for yourself is the, is the most important thing and um, and I mean, I do think the big interventions can be amazing because they can just give you, you know, a clear start, like clearing yeah. out your your house or, you know, it can just give you a, a good place to start, a, you know, whatever, halfway up the mountain or whatever. It can just fast track you a bit if you need, you know, yeah. um, you know, and sometimes big interventions are necessary because sometimes you just have to act now in a big way because otherwise, mm. you know, often maybe mm. it's because, because there isn't time or because, yeah, I just, I think sometimes big interventions are definitely appropriate, but then after that, you know, the new reality, you have to be able to integrate the new reality. Um, and yeah, and that takes time and patience. The big and interventions the also take patience, but um, you know, but yeah. but to to just keep reapplying and reapplying and reapplying. And they yeah. need space to be adapted to. And a lot of people do these panchakarma shopping. You know, they kind of go, oh, I go once a year for a very short time, and they take very little time to come back to the modern fast-paced world where they feel like they can't have their study or whatever is being I mean you got very little advice because that seems not to be related to your um, eye but a lot of people who, who do a regular panchakarma not a specialized one in the sense of like okay I go and get massages I take my steam bath I, they come back and then they they falling into this world and being tempted by everything around us and there is no system of support and because there is no system of support and we're feeling good when we're coming out and there is a lightness and the, you know the possibilities it's often being overlooked that you're doing more harm not taking the time because what what happens is you're so open that your system absorbs everything much deeper than what you've come from so what I what I heard you say, you were surprised of how little advice you got, you know, but uh Yeah, yeah. Um yes, I could have done with a bit of guidance uh, at that point, but you know, I don't think he could have guided me because he you know, I was going back to a completely different culture. You know, he couldn't tell me to live like, you know, a, a rural Indian. <laughs> you know, I could yeah. I, I kinda had to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, myself um but uh and yeah culture there you know the culture is obviously very important in it mm. um which is i mean what is great in your work as well is that you know you you live in the west and you have made things accessible to people from a western background which you know which if you look at the classical texts obviously 
you know, or even some of the, you know, English writings on Ayurveda, you know, it's, you could get bamboozled very quickly, (laughs) you know, uh, but you've distilled out the, you know, the, the, the core points (laughs) points <laughs> you do you need thank to you for all the work out. i'm sure <laughs> pardon uh, yeah, you do you do need to distill them out that's true and um but that brings me back i was asked yesterday by someone in the chorus we we, we played this game of like we all are so knit together here at this moment in time. We're really interested in the person beyond, you know, the coaching and the Ayurveda. And so we did a game of, um, can I, this is what I always wanted to ask you. And I was asked what it is like to um, be so steeped into Ayurveda because my family lives it with me, you know, I'm coaching it. I'm getting people that I don't know to, to come and do it. And I said, I, I still feel like an imposter. You know, I feel like somebody who is only learning while I'm going and I'm learning and learning and learning. And I can only bow my head to all the big people that are really going a little bit deeper than I do and um, really absorb it and communicate it on a deep, deep level on top of what I do. And yeah, so it's, it's a constant sensation of like, there's more and it's a it's a curiosity that drives me to be honest you know and there is never that sense of completion and I think that's just life then in the end you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and Ayurveda is just life it's not like a a 10 rule system it's not the bible it's not you know the 10 commandments it's it is what it is it's always an on-take of life and as we've you know, as life is changing constantly, it's so unpredictable. So unpredictable. We need to just stay curious. Yeah. Yeah. We did. And there's <laughs> a certain security in knowing that it's unpredictable and that it's supposed to be unpredictable. You know, and to kind of if you have these things that can anchor you in your in your daily life, you're more I am more likely to you know, to not get knocked over when, you know, life does take a, a, a different turn. You know, that's, it's that kind of like, it doesn't fix everything. It doesn't mean, you know, you're never going to be sick. You're never going to have health problems. Yes. Um, but it just gives you the stability to be able to, to face them and not get panicked immediately, not react immediately. You know, it kind of, it's that, okay, this is just another trip around the merry-go-round. <laughs> and I this recognize that I'm coming back to the door. I yeah. know my aunts. Yes, I know them all <laughs> by name. <laughs> this is how I react, you know. This is why how my brain tries to get yeah. to feel reassured, yeah. secure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, what? What was it exactly you wanted to talk about when we talked about this difference between being treated and having big interventions and then kind of coming into a totally different lens of Ayurveda, these daily routines? What what is it that kind of happens for you in staying with Ayurveda or what did inspire you to follow? Well, there... 
I mean, there is the, yeah, that what you mentioned, the daily uh, applications, the daily uh, rituals or, or just habits, how we live our lives, um, which is always in tune with uh, the, the natural cycles. Um, so, and one thing that I've found really powerful for me is the, the there twice a year, the, the cleanses, the kind of fasts that I in Ayurveda there's in spring and in autumn um that you can do on your own at home uh, with support mm. if you don't know what mm. you're doing um but I've found that has become a real anchor in my year um and it just sets me up for the next six months um it's 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 a little bit like uh it just removing all the excess so you can see what is necessary. So, so you remove all the things that are throwing you around emotionally like sugar and coffee and, you know, that kind of thing. And you simplify your food and you simplify your life. Um, And I've always found like a profound change through doing that. And, um, yeah and it's I really look forward to it <laughs> and yeah. because I did the massive panchakarma intervention uh, I also know what like you can do it deeply or you can you know there's there's different levels at every level yeah. you are at you can start which is the amazing thing um, mm. and no matter what your circumstances you can find a way of building it into your daily cal- into your yearly calendar and it's, yeah 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 just emotionally more than anything <laughs> it's it's exactly. like it's, it has a stabilizing kind of effect and it's yeah. um because we do it ourselves the cleanse is so it's a an at home retreat so you don't need to travel far you can't travel at the moment so it's in that way it's ideal to experience a little bit of what we are using a holidays for you can you go to a different place and because you're in a different place you look differently at your life and these ayurvedic cleanses they're not only about the food they're more or less about how you set yourself up and where you want to to be to remove the things that you daily do and then move on into that experience of uh, what do i want to get rid of and because you're doing it yourself there, you will never overstep stop, step the limits or that you kind of have, or you, you will just go and hopefully be wise about what you get in feedback from your body. Yeah, so that's what I heard you almost saying mm-hmm. there. You know, it's like that chance to do it at home and not to get locked into... Mm, not that we're not getting sick but the sickness can't travel so deep if you keep an eye regularly on what is falling out of shape in you and what needs amending exactly it's like it's just a check-in it's like what do I need now because we tend to kind of go oh I need or you know you read something I need to be eating this xyz but you, you don't check in with yourself whether this is actually doing you any good. Yeah. So, you know, it gives you an opportunity to, to go, okay, you know, is this good for me or is this, and it, it really um, helps you to 
negotiate what your own body is saying yeah. because everybody is different and there's yeah. no uh there's no like catch all <laughs> there's there's no uh nothing no diet or whatever that will suit everybody yeah. so uh and we have to learn to you know to, i'm still learning to listen to those signals so it's a really mm. good opportunity to just go okay you know simplify and then go okay this is making me feel good this is not making me feel good and to do that twice a year it's, it's like a compass <laughs> or something it's like just checking you know i'm on the right yeah. track yeah mm. and you get support if you do it with a group mm -hmm. which we usually yeah. do you can do it of course alone some people prefer to do it alone or some people just want to know that there is support if Uh, they want it uh, which you can use whatever way you feel you know you're in the mood for some people they they never show up for the calls and then I get amazing you know details of this in their lives but they were just listening in retrospect whenever they felt the system was ready to hear the next message that was being you know sent to the group and that is amazing you know you you can open up whenever you're ready to open up there's no no peer pressure in, in doing the cleanse at the same time or you know you, you can get all the information after or when you can digest it mm -hmm. indeed <laughs> you've been a witness uh, my dear listeners you know you've been a witness to us and my never-ending conversation <laughs> and we could still be talking and I'm still intrigued and want to talk more even though I know half of the stories, um, but maybe we bring this to a sweet ending here. What's your advice to the listener? What do you want to leave us with? Oh, wow. Um, get support. <laughs> Find somebody you trust. And yeah, get some, and yeah, it's, it's fine to ask for help, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the things that you're scared of usually aren't as scary as you think they are. The thought of the thing is usually scarier than the actual thing. That's, that's a massive thing that I learned. Um, you know, the fear of the operation was 10 yeah. million times worse than the actual operation. <laughs> and I think, yeah. you know, and I don't know yet, but I probably think death is the same. <laughs> It's probably not as bad as we think. <laughs> and maybe yeah. we get to be born again and, you know, have another you know. round. You never know. Yeah. Be nice. Who knows? <laughs> Nobody can prove it yet. So no. You <laughs> can just see it as another curious adventure. That's what I heard. Um, what a, an artist said um, when he was dying and he felt like he can't say goodbye to the world. It's like, He has lived through everything and why not, you know, be interested and intrigued by death, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> and that takes courage and we don't always feel courageous. So yeah. finding people yeah. to help be courageous is a good step. Yeah. And not being courageous doesn't, you know, doesn't make you a lesser person. It no. Is, no. Like you gotta find Absolutely. your own pacing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
Wonderful. Thanks again, Astrid, for this insight on your story with your eye, how you approached it, and the insight of Panchakarma and Ayurveda. And I hope you. Sure. I hope you stay in communication with the community to your art. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash alexandrakreis and pledge your donation.